Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to another week of high school sports here on Around the Hearn. A big week of things to get to. Three terrific guests in just a couple of minutes as we talk to Spencer Wells, head football coach at Fort Lormie, Andy Schaefer, and Chip Otten at Columbus Grove and Coldwater, respectively. And those interviews actually come from before their first games, Grove with a win over Pandora Boa in the ZSportsLive.com 10 Bowl on a Thursday night, and then at Chip Otten. Before his team won 37-2 at Kenton on Friday night. The only uh, points there, a, a muff punt that was kicked out of the back of the end zone by the Cavaliers. And you'll hear kind of what each guy was thinking going into that game. Uh, I just ran out of time last week with putting two other podcasts out. Just being honest about uh, why those didn't come out maybe before those games were played. But Spencer Wells will talk about his team's win a couple of days ago in week number one over Minster how good his football team could be, and then what they have coming up this weekend when they travel to Versailles. So a lot of uh, things to get to. Week one of high school football had a lot of big games and a lot of uh, big scores as well. I mean, you do look around the area, and you can find a lot of teams that in defense of their titles, Versailles, for instance, took it to uh, Salina, and they were able to uh, put together quite a performance in week number one. Volleyball started... This past weekend to uh, really heat up. Coldwater spike off one by Versailles. Second place goes to uh, St. Henry. And then uh, St. Mary's finishing in fourth. Fort Lormie in third. Audubon Glendorf in the uh, consolation bracket beat Coldwater. But the WBL and Bremen beat Bath in a lot of these uh, cross-conference games. 28-0 Bremen and Bath meeting for the very first time. Versailles beats Salina, like I said, 31-6. Defiance. For the second year in a row, defended the River Rock. 28-7 over Napoleon. Elida got all over Spencerville, 31-0. Eastwood ruined Ottawa Glendorf's homecoming of their new turf, so to speak, and a 17-0 victory. St. Mary's was up 21-14 at one point, went zip-zip-zip into the end zone a handful of times, used their passing game for uh, two Cody Wallace touchdown passes. They beat London, 42-31. Van Wert. Opened the game with the uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. They added a punt return and a handful of uh, big, big, big plays to uh, beat up on Brian. Marion Local beat Wapakoneta 21-7 in that one as well. And there were a lot of uh, games around the area with big entry, but uh, defending champs, like I said, all in action and uh, kind of things that uh, a lot of people were looking forward to. A lot of golf and uh, boys soccer. Got Kaleida, beat Ottawa Glendorf, and not a good weekend for the male Titans as they lost on back-to-back days on the uh, new turf at Titan Stadium. 3-0 Kaleida with the win in the opener. Kenton, who we talked to their coach a couple of weeks ago, were supposed to play Bell Fountain. Uh, Mother Nature has taken care of some of these games. OG girls out to a quick, quick two-game uh, span where they're putting up nine goals. They put up six and a win over Evergreen on Saturday. Coldwater girls put up ten and a win over Van Wert. Another city beat Wapak in uh, girls' soccer scores and a lot of big things uh, coming up in the next handful of weeks. Uh, golf heating up as well. Lipsick is uh, off to a terrific start. You heard from 
their head coach a couple of weeks ago, Audeville as well, and a young man from Ottawa-Glandorf also fired a hole-in-one, so big congratulations to him. But a lot of things to get to coming up here in just a few. We'll talk to the head coaches from Indian Lake, Columbus Grove, and Coldwater, respectively, when it come back here all around the Hearn. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service is much more than your home for the best prices on new and pre-owned vehicles. Lee Kinsel is your home for Accessory Avenue, 602 West Irvin Road, the best accessory shop in Northwest Ohio, featuring Gator Hide Protective Coatings, your top choice for window tinting and ceramic coating for truck beds and trailers and other surfaces, even motorcycles. Accessory Avenue is also a WeatherTech Diamond Dealer, Penske Truck Rental Center, and American Rental Center for cars and vans. And remember, Accessory Avenue at Lee Kinsel will work on all makes and models. Impressed? Well, what if I also told you Lee Kinsel is Taylor Auto Service, 231 South Walnut Street in Van Wert. Pre-owned vehicle specialists for over 70 years. Combine all that with the friendliest staff and impeccable service department, and there's nowhere else you need to go for all your vehicle needs. Find out more by stopping into Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service, 650 West Irvin Road, Van Wert. Online at LeeKinsel.com or call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Ready for week number two and talking about Fort Laramie football with head coach in is Spencer Wells coming off of a big win against Minster last week in which uh, Spencer team looked good. I mean, you guys only uh, punted or turned the ball over a couple of times and it seemed like a lot of the things that you were working up almost 400 yards of total offense went pretty well. Yeah, you know, I think, um, yeah, overall a lot more good than bad, especially for week one game and, um, yeah, against a rival, you know, probably our main rival in Minster. Um, that's always a really fun matchup. And, you know, credit to them. They're a much improved team. They came over here. Um, they brought a lot of physicality. Um, you know, really was uh, a fun back and forth game. And, you know, fortunately, we made the plays and the stops when we had to on defense and then um, made the plays that we needed to in crunch time on offense to, to find a way and get a win. But, yeah, it, it was a fun week one, no doubt. I saw some uh, people talking about this game, and they said that the one thing maybe that your defense struggled a little bit with early on was Minster is very athletic at quarterback and it kind of threw off your ability to just kind of sit home and pass coverage. Yeah. You know, he definitely poses a lot of issues for a defense. There's no question about that. You know, he, he can throw the football. He He's very mobile. Um, they do a pretty good job up front protecting him. And so we, we've kind of changed our style defensive defensively to be much more aggressive. Uh, we switched to three, four defense, um, bring in four and five man pressures every single down. And, um, you know, they went empty. They started to throw some things at us that we hadn't seen on film and spreading us out a little bit. And it was a little bit of a chess match there for our defensive coordinator, Brad Friendly. But I thought, you know, once again, when we had to get stops, we got stops. And, and we really didn't give up a lot of big plays. It was just, you know, credit them. They had some long, um, consistent drives that they were able to put play after play together and kind of uh, pick their way up the field. And, um, you know, that that's a credit to their execution. But, but I was proud of our guys at the end when we got a stop um, right out of halftime. They had a, had a really uh, long kickoff return, put them at our 30-yard line or so. And we found a way to, to get a stop and get off the field without giving up any points. So, um, you know, our defense, I'm sure there's, they're going to look at the film and we're going to say, uh, you know, we got to get better in a variety of areas. But we also did a lot of good. You know, I know they scored 27 points, but we did we did some really good things on that side of the ball too. So. Well, and you've had an opportunity, we talked about this before we started this interview, to really take on some of the area's big hitters because even your scrimmages. 
The week, That's your daughter, right? Mike, right, that's, that's not mine, yeah, right? That yeah, was yeah. mine. But uh, even your scrimmages uh, the week before you go live, so to speak, you've got Marion Local and St. Mary's. You uh, change out some things. You obviously don't use uh, some young men that are a big part of your offense. But, I mean, what do you learn going into week one? Yeah, I think um, the, the main thing I look for in those scrimmages is how do we hold up physically? You know, I, we're not – we've always kind of taken the approach that we don't show a whole lot offensively. Um, how do we hold up though up front? Are, do, are we playing to the whistle? Are we doing the little things that we know we have to do to, to have success throughout the year? So, uh, and, and we felt that way, you know, Kenton is, is an improved team. Uh, they're, they're definitely uh, a more physical team than, than we saw in our first scrimmage last year. And then you look at our second scrimmage. I don't know if anybody in our division has a better second scrimmage than us going up against St. Mary's and Marion local. I mean, that's, that's a headbanger. And I thought our guys um, held up physically as well. And, or were there things that we definitely needed to clean up? There's, there's no doubt about it. But from a physical standpoint, which is really what we want to see early on, uh, we thought we showed that. So I thought that carried over to week one. I thought we played really physical. I thought our offensive line, which um, is basically a whole new group, a whole new starting five, um, I thought they really came together. And we had over 300 yards rushing against Minster. And I think we averaged about 10 yards a carry. And um it was it was fun. I mean, to, to watch those guys really create some explosive plays for us with their movement up front was a really good thing. So, yeah, I think our scrimmages though prepare us for that. You know, week one with a physical opponent like Minster coming in, you know, we're prepared for that uh, with our our scrimmage schedule. So, uh, overall, that's been a really good thing for us. You're coming off of a uh, season five and seven a year ago. You get to the playoffs. You see, of course, Marion Local, who uh, kind of the the good news of what you were just talking about about the scrimmages and in, in your division. You don't have to see them this year, but what did uh, kind of you get two wins in your last three? What did you learn towards uh, towards the end of the season, or kind of maybe during that season that you applied to this year? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, as the season went on towards the end, there we found a way to win some really big games. You know, Sydney was a big matchup for us at the end of the year. Went down to the wire. We found a way to win um, LCC Week Ten. Um, man, that game went back and forth. Went down to the wire we found a way to get a win over a really good LCC team. So early in the year, we had a stretch where I think we had three games that we lost by four total points. We had two one-point losses and a two-point loss. So um, that was something that towards the end of the year we saw, and then it was good to carry that over with a close week one game that I think at one point in the fourth quarter, it was a five-point game. They just scored, and then uh, three plays later, we, we responded with a touchdown. So I think just early on in the season, let's not let's not wait till the end of the year to win those close games. Let's let's find a way to be resilient, handle that adversity, and get those wins early on in the season that can really have an effect on your playoff season. So, um, yeah, we were thrilled to see that that our guys really, uh, when we had to get those stops defensively, when we had to score offensively, uh, we were able to do so. So that was fun to watch. Talking to Fort Laramie head football coach Spencer Wells, and uh, also kind of different in that the last couple of years you guys are homeless in terms of well without a conference how weird I mean the last three years have been weird anyways because with COVID and kind of with everything going on but you have kind of that oddity of Dunbar last year canceled out Thurgood Marshall canceled out you had to kind of replace them you play that independent schedule does that ever maybe wear on the kids a little bit of you know where are we going to be who's going to be on the other side think to a certain extent i mean last year i mean shoot we traveled 1200 miles in just the regular season alone and and there was four of uh five weeks in a row during that middle stretch of our season where 
we had some really close battles and, you know, we're going two hours plus on the road. And I think when you have back and yeah, I think that can wear on you to a certain extent. And I think also the unfortunate thing is, you know, when you got to travel two and a half hours, maybe you're not bringing, you don't have the fans you typically might have, you know? And so uh, you miss out on that. And, and last year we had seven away games and three home games in, in the regular season. So you don't really get to control, you know, typically you want to get five and five, but when you're independent, you got to pretty much take whatever you can get. So that was definitely an interesting experience. You know, I don't want to make any excuses as to, you know, that's why maybe we, we struggled record wise last year, but um, no, it's definitely something that uh, was a learning experience for all of us. And, you know, now this year it flipped. Now we have six home games. We've got four away. So, and, and our away games, the furthest one we go is Dayton. So we don't really have to travel very far, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. You know, you're going to places and, and playing teams that you typically don't play and, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, every year, you know, what are they doing this year? You know, what it's, when you play in a conference, you know, and there's not a lot of coaching turnover, you kind of know what each team does on a year-to-year basis. But when you're independent and you're playing a lot of new teams, it's a lot of, a lot of scouting, a lot of uh, trying to figure out the identity of each of those teams. And um, But it's also fun, too. I think it, it, there's a lot of – there's some positive aspects to playing a lot of really good competition um, as well. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an interesting experience. Also allows you to make some uh, some new friends when you're calling for huddle video. I would think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yep. <laughs> you're where? Uh, <laughs> where's Fort Laramie? Oh, you're. Okay. That's right. This week, you guys uh, start out week number two on the road at HB Hole Field, a place that is notoriously hard to win to begin with. But from everything that I can tell from week number one and, well, the end of last season, the Versailles team that you're going to take on is pretty good. Oh, yeah. You know, you it, it's tough to find a weak spot. Um, you know, they just have a, a really solid team overall. You know, you can tell they're well coached. Um, and, and, yeah, to your, to your point, that's it's such a neat place to play. You know, I grew up playing in the MAC, and that was really the only place I felt as a player on the road that, like, man, maybe they got a little bit of a home field at the end of this year. Like it was just, it was just, it's a neat environment. Um, and it's uh, the fan support. And, you know, we had some really exciting games there back in my playing days way back when. And, you know, I'm sure this weekend, if it, last year when we hosted them, that was probably the biggest crowd that we've had maybe ever. I mean, it, it was impressive how many people showed up. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great crowd, you know, two programs with a lot of tradition, you know, with the success that they're coming off last year. Uh, I'm sure they have high expectations once again. And so, yeah, we're going to have to be ready to rock. Well, I always enjoy our conversations, and I'm always happy to talk about Redskin football with you. No, no, hey, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. No doubt. That is a head coach at Fort Loramie and Spencer Wells. Uh, I wish you good luck this week. And uh, with all of your travels to Columbus and Dayton and beyond. Yes, yeah. Thank you, Mike. And uh, you have a, have a fun uh, football season as well, and uh, we'll catch up down the road. Back with more here in just a few. Be more wild. Are you tired of sitting around at home this summer? Bring your family and come down to the African Safari Wildlife Park located in Port Clinton, Ohio. We have giraffe, zebra, bison, and much more. So skip the lines at the amusement park and come experience the safari for yourself. Are you tired of the normal zoo experience? Looking for an exciting way to see animals up close? Take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the signs. Just 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. Counting down the days until football starts here in Ohio, and with this gentleman, we've got one less day to count because the Columbus Grove Bulldogs kick off on Thursday in their rivalry game with the Pinnacle Bowl Rockets. Andy Schaefer, the uh, 
head coach of the four-time NWC champions. I know you guys are working on PG. I know you're working on game one. But, I mean, that's got to sound great to your ears. <laughs> it does, yeah. When you when you say it and, and you hear it, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly, you know, something that we didn't really plan. It's just, uh, you know, you take one year at a time. But uh, when you look back the last four years, being able to win the, the conference four years in a row, it's pretty exciting. But, uh, but you know as well as I do, that puts a target on your back and everybody wants to knock you off and, and uh, everybody thinks this is the year. And, and we're hoping that it's not. You know, we're going to go out there and, and hopefully win a fifth one. Well, it's and it's kind of a an odd thing too because you've built up with a couple of classes. I mean, you guys are on a twenty-two game regular season win streak going back to nineteen. That Delphus Jefferson had their run. Coach moves to Spencerville. Bearcats have their run. And I I remember a lot of people saying, you know, we've got some classes coming up. And you kind of you look at it and you say, yeah, you know, everybody says that. But you get those young guys, and and now you're that that top dog, I guess. Yeah, you know, it does go in cycles in, in small schools, and, and we kind of saw this coming. Um, I think our junior high just won their their eighth straight league title, actually. So, um, now you're just bragging. Good, good <laughs> we've had some good classes coming, and, uh, and and hopefully we're not done yet. You know, uh, um, the, the culture is definitely there. The attitude has changed, and, uh, you know, it's, it's it, it, we, we we confidently look forward to the season, but, uh, but in, in all due respect, you know, I was actually at Liberty Benton as an assistant coach during their years that they, uh, they kind of built the program and, and it got to the point where, you know, they expected to win the conference every year. And, and, and sometimes that could kind of uh, bite you in the butt. So, you know, at this point we're, we're going to take one game at a time and, and, uh, you know, see what we can do. But, I know our league is actually extremely talented this year. So out of all the years, I think that this is going to be the, the, the toughest. It's nice, though. You have a ton of big games of where your uh, your big conference games are that just happen to be at home. Yeah. Um, you know, and we play well at Climber Stadium. Um, you know, it always draws a big crowd. Of course, you know, this, this coming Thursday will uh, possibly be even a bigger crowd. But, uh, you, you know... Um, we we like playing at home and and uh, we have great support, great great football community, and and uh, definitely looking forward to kicking off this uh, twenty twenty two season. I don't want to say it's easy, but I, for you, it's easier. I think as a football program that you know you're playing in just one conference every night. I mean, obviously you play PG and LB. You know they represent the BBC, but as opposed to the other sports, with having to play in the PCL and play in the NWC you can kind of just get your mind ready for one opponent each week. You know, that, you, you, that is, I, that's the first time I've ever been asked that question, but, but you're actually right. You know, I've talked to our other coaches in our school that, that have had to play, um, you know, maybe they're playing a lipstick once, but it counts towards two conference games at the same time and the pressure and what, what that, that does. Or, you know, um, you know, it, it does make a, make a change, but, um, um, you know, I, I remember when I first came in the, you know, in the Grove, and they talked about Kaleida being such a rivalry, and I'm like, who the heck is Kaleida? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these PCL schools that don't have football, and I went to Ottaville, and I'm looking at a, a, a grass field without goalposts, and I'm like, what, what in the heck is this? So, so yeah, it's uh, it's different. I, I enjoy just being in one conference for sure. I think Ottaville had the Ohio State thing where they won a game and people carried them off, just never brought them back. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> They're at the AD's house, or at Mark's house. He just looks at him and goes, should I put him back? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's always the joke. Uh, we always talk about, you know, I think all the PCL schools that don't have football or with OG, the teams in Putnam County, should all yeah. be able to form one mega team and then just kind of see what happens. Oh, it would be big. It would be good. Yeah, there's some a lot of here that, I mean, I – I've seen a lot of kids walking around uh, at schools that don't have football thinking, wow, what if, you know, and, and uh, they certainly would make an addition to our team. Well, but the problem with that is, I mean, what color scheme are they even going to agree on? <laughs> Obviously red and gray. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just the way it needs right, to be. Right, right. That's what we need, another red and gray team in Ohio. <laughs> it's like right. that won't be confusing at all. No, no. Uh, but it is, I mean, you guys obviously, we talk about the NWC, but you're looking for a big year in that I read uh, a terrific article. You guys are in the Black Swan Football Magazine. Yeah. And he did a great job with um, just kind of uh, breaking down your defense. And you are quoted as saying, linebackers, linebackers, linebackers. We have two, maybe three all-state linebackers on this team coming off of one of the best defenses in school history. What is it that you see that makes you feel you can make that comment confidently? Uh, number one, their knowledge of the game. Um, if I give an example, it, and I know this from, you know, AJ, my son was, um, uh, you know, talking to Heidelberg's coaches on a recruiting visit. And Heidelberg's coach said, you know, I want to do something that I've never really done. I want to pull him aside, take him into film room and just watch Heidelberg football with him and see what he see what he knows and uh and so he's like yeah so hour and a half later he, he sat with the head coach and the defensive coordinator and coach called me back and was like he's like holy cow he's like he knows more about the game than some of our assistant coaches and I said well that's because you know he's 18 years old and you know for 18 years and nine months <laughs> you know he's he's lived the game he's watched the game you know he's, he's communicated the game and and, uh, you know, not only that, but, uh, you know, Tad Cook, uh, another player, um, that, that's the other linebacker, is, is a four-year starter. Um, you know, in the film room, he was talking to our defensive coordinator, and and uh, defense coordinator asked a question. And the way that he communicated with our defensive coordinator, I looked around the room, and I, I said to the freshman sophomore linebackers, and I said, do you guys have any idea what he just said? They said, no, it sounded like, you know, French class. I mean, it was like the whole – foreign language. He had no idea what he's talking about. And, you know, the experience that those guys have on the field and, uh, you know, add the third linebacker, which was uh, Lana Trader, um, just an awesome wrestler and tough kid. And, uh, you know, those those three are just, just physical, just downright physical. And then they have the knowledge of the game on top of it. Yeah, I just, I haven't... Uh, you know, I've I've been around 26 years, and I've not had kids that had had both. They had the mind for football, and they had the physical tools. And um, I think that's what makes those three unique. Were you or mom with AJ when he was on that recruiting visit? Uh, no, I wasn't. No, I sent him on his way. Um, I was dropping my my daughter off at uh, at something for college, and and uh, unfortunately and, and he had to go by himself which i think that's why they, they took the extra time to give him a little extra tour so because well, all yeah. i could think of was is, oh somebody dropped him off and they're sitting in the waiting room going is that kid coming back or how does this work <laughs> yeah no no uh hearing that story 
does that make you more proud as a coach or a dad of being uh, having that story relayed to you? Uh, you know, I I don't know. That's that's a tough question too, and and I, I think it goes hand in hand both ways. You know, I'm you know when I first got into coaching, you know, I didn't I didn't have any kids. You know, I was um, started coaching before I was married, so I didn't uh, I didn't get into coaching because of my kids. You know, but a lot of people do, but, um, so that, that perspective was, was not there. So, you know, now that I've been able to, to see him mature and, and make wise choices and, you know, understand the game as a dad. Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly proud of him, but, uh, as a coach, it's, uh, I'm glad I have him. That's for sure. And glad I have, uh, you know, all those guys because they're, they're, uh, just their level of play is, is, is pretty good on the defensive side. Well, it's kind of funny on both sides, though, because it, it's proof of, hey, he did at least listen to me once or twice. <laughs> yeah. I told him to take the garbage yeah. out, and all of a sudden that didn't get done. It's, it's funny how it's not always the same, but yeah. <laughs> hey, I have an almost two-year-old, and she's got that selective thing already, so I totally get it. Absolutely. I say, uh, you know, I want you to put your toys away, and nothing happens. I say I have a piece of cake, and all of a sudden she's my best friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. Funny how that works. But um, <laughs> you've got, too, I found this interesting because I know a lot of your assistant coaches uh, with Grant and Gunner, I mean, they're not that far removed from being players themselves. Is that kind of a, a by-design thing that is kind of a, a I don't want to say a bridge to your players, or is it just kind of everybody gets along? Well, um, you know, I, I talk about that culture that we've kind of created here, and and just build relationships with kids when they're playing and uh, they love it so much that they want to come back and coach. And, you know, I think, uh, let's see, I have, I have eight assistant coaches and six of them. I actually coached and, uh, you know, so I'm sure the other two guys don't like that story. It's like, well, yeah, we're a little bit older. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess the, the sad thing is I could have coached. <laughs> so I'm that much older. I've got a very young staff, but, uh, you know, Andy Coles is my defense coordinator. I didn't coach him, but he was a Grove graduate. Uh, he was a sophomore when they won state. And then Tad Geist I brought in um, that played at Bluffton University. But everybody else is Grove grads except for Brandon Kraft. Um, Brandon, I coached at Liberty Benton. Uh, you know, he his brother was Aaron Kraft, as a lot of people know. Uh, Kraft but, at LB? Uh, yeah, Brandon, uh, uh, Brandon has been my linebacker coach, and I think that that explains why our our level of linebacking is, is so good. It's true. Brandon's a heck of a coach, but he's been there. He's been with me for actually quite a few years, about I'd say six or seven. Probably helps too. I mean, you've got you know smaller schools that you're playing both ways. Uh, you've got those kids playing on the offensive line, especially with yeah. Tad, second team NWC last year. Uh, talk about a, a little bit about Brenton Renner's maturation because. He kind of coming up, you, you know, you get the kind of feeling he's going to be the guy. A lot of people I know before his freshman year, before he comes in, are kind of talking about it that kind of felt like he was being groomed for that. But, I mean, he had a pretty good year last year. You know, he was 11-1 and one, uh, um, as a starter for a quarterback, and, and that's pretty good. But, I mean, this is a true story. I'm telling you 100% the truth. I, I talked to him in May, and I said, Brenton, I said, uh, I said, this is going to sound crazy. You were 11-1 quarterback, but I think I'm going to go in a different direction. And, uh, and he said, what? And I said, well, I said, I, I, I think, uh, and I said, nothing to, nothing to your fault, but 
I'm looking at our team and and I see some changes in our team as far as you know edge players. I don't see the I don't see the receivers that we've had in the past. I see us being a little bit more physical. And I said, I need more of a running quarterback. And I said, I also need somebody that can throw it a little farther. And then um, he goes, coach, he goes, don't worry. I'll still earn my spot. And, uh, and I tell you, he turned into a different kid. He worked on his speed. He really uh, increased his arm strength. And uh, he clearly, clearly earned his spot back. And, you know, sometimes you got to have those tough conversations with kids. and You don't know how they're going to take it. They could take it one of two different ways. You know, they could say, forget you, coach, or they could say, I'm going to prove you wrong. And, and uh, you know, I was, I'm excited to, to tell everybody that, you know, Brenton, you know, proved us all wrong. And, and uh, I mean, he's he's got legs now. He's more of a weapon and uh, making great decisions. And our first, our first scrimmage, um, we played it against Bath and Delta St. John's, and he only threw one incomplete pass, which was a pass that was actually caught. Um, the kid tiptoed on the on out of bounds line, and and the ref called him out. Otherwise, it, it would have been in. He would have been 100. percent So, you know, I I'm really excited to see what Brenton does this year, and I really like his maturity and the way that he's grown up, and looking forward to him leading our our offense. You know, if he has another 11 and one or hopefully better year for you guys. Uh, somewhere somebody's going to call and be like, oh, he was just sandbagging. He's a hell of a motivator. <laughs> no, that is the truth. And, I can just uh, see it now. You know, yeah, we were actually going to um, – I'll tell you who we were, we were thinking of, and there's no secret, is, is we were going to go with Blake Reynolds, his younger brother, Zach Reynolds. And, you know, Zach, he doesn't have much of an arm, but, you know, his legs and his athleticism was going to carry him. And, and we thought that was going to be the better choice for us. But – you know, Brenton showed that he can throw and run, and and wow, what a dimension that we have now! And um, had we not had that conversation, I don't know um, that we would have been at the level of play that we are right now. Speaking of Blake, how odd is that to kind of look across the other side and just see him over there? And did you just get lost? Did they not bring you to the right sideline? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, we we I talk to Blake all the time. He's a great kid and. You know, he's coaching over at Pandora on their uh, um, their basketball that team, year. and uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a great mind, um, but more importantly, he's a great competitor and a, a strong leader. And you know, I wasn't shocked at what he did in the JV side. And he talked to me about doing football this year because again, that culture, everybody wants to come back, which is great. And uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit. He says, you know, at this point, he says, I'm just going to focus on one sport. And I'll call you in a couple of years and see if you have another opening. And that's where he was. So I wish him all the best. I, th- I think it was kind of wise too that he wasn't necessarily coaching his brother. That <laughs> you know Zach could kind of learn on his own and and you know that kind of thing. But uh, um, I'm excited to see what Blake Reynolds does in the future in the coaching side because he's going to be an excellent coach. Oh, and, for sure. I mean, even if it's he's coaching bowling or whatever, he's he's a competitor. Well, I, I always joke about, you know, they'd be pretty good if they had checkers. But uh, one thing for him, I mean, it, it's like a catch-22 because it's easy that, well, you can just wear the same color clothes if you come back from over there, except for the first time you get dressed in the dark and you grab the wrong insignia. <laughs> that would be bad. We're like, wait a second, I don't have to change my, my ties or my color scheme. Let's just say it would be very noticed if uh, if he showed up with a Pandora shirt on at a Grove event, and <laughs> I'm sure it would be very noticed the opposite way as well. There's, those two schools don't really get along too well. Well, he's got to stand in the end zone, though, right? I mean, he can't really go to either side. 
<laughs> I don't know what he's going to do. I, I, I would hope he'd be supporting his brother in, in Grove stuff. So I think that I think that trumps trumps some stuff. Poor kid. <laughs> uh, big schedule for you guys. Uh, we talk about you open with Pandora. You get LB on the road. A couple of home games. Yeah. Uh, at you're playing everybody that has a P in their name. I think at this point, uh, you get Jefferson. <laughs> the one game that always sticks out to me, other than the Spencerville game, which is you know the one that I hope you don't play as well, being an alumni. But uh, is the Lipsick game because you get to where – I don't want to say it means more, but with it being a conference game, we expect uh, a lot of people that have, I guess, seen them, and you've even said it, that they're going to be very good this year and they'll be one of the challengers in the league. Uh, That's down the road, I know, one game at a time and all that. But, I mean, that's, that's a game I know has to be kind of a dart game on your board. It uh, we we started out that game last year offensively, um, boom, 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 right down the field, and then all of a sudden got in the situation. We we stopped being aggressive and we kicked the field goal. Um, I think it was like fifty some yards. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, uh, that so that set the school record. And then I mean, all that of a sudden, kid was off- okay. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, our offense got stagnant. We found ourselves 21 to 3. Actually, uh, Brent Renner threw a pick six. And we're not going to talk about that too much. But, <laughs> but uh, we found ourselves down 21 to 3 at halftime. And, and I went in and gave a very, you know, calming, motivational speech to our kids. And, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, we came out like a whole different team. And we came back from that 21 to 3 and 125 21. Uh, that was Lipstick's homecoming, of course, and and uh, <laughs> we kind of ticked them off. I'll be <laughs> there. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you you talk about a, a, a team that's uh, uh, circled on a calendar, and that would be us over in Lipstick Land because uh, yeah, they didn't like us before. They joined the the conference, and now it's a a conference game, and and uh, and then we beat them at their place on homecoming with a heck of a comeback and uh, yeah, that's going to be a very, very, very big game. And, and, you know, hopefully what we're hoping is our non-conference games get us ready for that with, you know, the rivalry game with Pandora and then Liberty Benton, that's a huge pickup. And, and then Patrick Henry, um, we always play them tough as well. So that's going to help us, um, we feel. And, uh, but, but they're certainly going to give us their best. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you, we talked about Reese a little bit, but uh, you said uh, the same interview about we have an incredibly different thing this year. We're actually going to have to try to tackle guys on kickoffs uh, yeah. with Reese gone. I mean, seventeen yeah. uh, seven, only 17 of his 74 kickoffs didn't end up in the end zone. He's a 42-yard yeah. punter. Uh, you've got big hopes, I know, coming in for a freshman in Evan Verhoff yeah. who – I because it's Putnam County isn't related, but I I just assume that everybody you know is related. But uh, yeah. big hopes uh, kind of changes the theory. Uh, how's that been that transition in special teams? Well, even those seventeen that you mentioned, you know, some of those were told by uh, you know us to to squib it, you know, or something along those lines. So uh, yeah, we have not uh, we've not returned a kick in in uh, over two years, really. And uh, which is crazy to think about, and um, and so, you know, that's been a lot of our emphasis and practices. You know, we had to go over that. Honestly, I'm not kidding. You. We really haven't gone over kickoff in, in a while. Um, 
And so that's a, a big part of the game that we got to reintroduce. And, you know, the frustrating, I'm, I'm hugely against this rule, but they don't do kickoffs in, in uh, JV games. And, uh, and I stood up at our, all, uh, our coaches meeting in the Northwest Conference, and I said, can we please bring back the kickoff? Because it's a coach's choice. And because uh, I'm like, we've got guys that don't even know how to how to do it. And, uh, and so you, you got to practice. That's that's a big play. And uh, but anyways, you know, Evans are off. You know, he's just a freshman and he's about as small as, as Reese was. He finally got we finally were able to you know feed him enough to get over 100 pounds. I think he's like 100 pounds right now. And so that's he's pretty excited about that. Get a bunch of gift cards yeah. to hawkers during the summer. Is that what happened there? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. But he is, um, uh, you know, he's a good kid. He he did never even thrown a football really before before I talked to him. And uh, you know, he was a soccer kid, and you know, we talked to him about kind of doing the next uh, Reese thing. But Reese came out and worked with him, and he's doing a good job. But he's really, honestly, he's he's kind of the kicker of the future. Um, I don't. He's not going to kick. He's not going to kick off, or he's not going to punt at this point. Which honestly, that's what Reese was his freshman year. Um, Reese was just used for PAT, and and uh, and I think that's where we may use him. Uh, Shep Hawker is going to kind of surprise people. He's pretty accurate from you know about the twenty-five yard line in at field goals. So um, you know he's going to be our kickoff guy and kind of deep field goal guy, but. Uh, you know, we're actually expecting a lot out of Shep on offense and defense. So just to give him that little bit of a break after we score um, to allow Evan to, you know, just go in there and do his thing. Um, you know, I'm pretty excited to see what he does this year. And then obviously learn and kind of fall, fall in love with the art and, uh, you know, hopefully be able to get it in the end zone in the next couple of years. Well, at least when you yell out, you know, special teams and uh, you yell out Verhoff, at least you'll be right. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Like, until yeah, Shep comes no. out there and you're like, wait a second, what happened? <laughs> you know, I've, the Grove people have talked about the, the halftime show, supposedly, of Reese when, when he'd be out there kicking 60, 70 yard field goals and stuff. And of course, I never saw it, you know, where I'm in with the team. But yeah, we'll have to see how the halftime show continues with, with Evan Veroff. I think uh, the last time that I got to see him kick uh, was the Coldwater game, the playoff game down Ooh. in Sydney. Oh. And. He put a couple of them off the tee. I remember that night that the people that were sitting below us were kind of like, ooh, wait a second. I'm like, oh, that's right, because they're not used to seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the Reese. Uh, from what I understand, he's he's earned that starting spot there at Marshall already, and um, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, they play at Notre Dame this year, and, and also uh, – uh, up at BG, I think that the whole Columbus Grove town will probably go up at BG and watch them kick. I imagine it'll be so most it'll be of Putnam cool. County. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now you guys will just have to agree on a color scheme. <laughs> See, it all comes back to that. Do you go with the orange or do you get the you know the other colors? <laughs> we'll have to see. I don't know. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I know you guys are just chomping at the bit. You've got uh, a couple of days left and that big opening with PG. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, we're excited. We're glad it, it comes one day earlier, and uh, that's definitely. I mean, when we were talking about, well, what's this? What we practice like? Oh, wait a second, it's a little different. Wednesday's <laughs> our walkthrough, so, so yeah, it's it'll be here real quick, and um, you know, hopefully, it's a big crowd, big game, and and then the very next day, we're going to go watch Lipstick Liberty Benton, which will also be a pretty big game.
That's nice how that works out. Do that with one of your extra days for the next week. <laughs> it is, and I'm, I'm sure they'll all be at our game too. So, oh, for all, sure, yeah. Good. That place yeah. is going to be packed. Uh, 50-50 might be Marion Coldwater-esque. <laughs> That'd be neat, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm just going to stop by, buy a ticket, and leave. Yeah. That's all you need, really. <laughs> well, good luck this season. I appreciate it. That's Columbus Grove head football coach Andy Schaefer. More when we come back here in just a minute. Aguari Fill-In Station, formerly the Rainbow Party Shop, now under new ownership at 404 North Main Street in Columbus Grove. Stop in for your favorite snacks, beverages, Ohio Lottery, pizza, and subs, and fill up with gas while you're there. Aguirre Fill-In Station, 404 North Main Street in Columbus Grove. Hours of operation are Monday through Thursday, 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Sunday from noon to 8. Just a couple of days from Orange and Black football on a Friday night as Coldwater goes to Kenton, talking with the head coach of the Cavaliers in Chip Otten. Chip, are, how much happier are you when you don't have to make that long trip to Kenton and they come to see you? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a definitely a bonus. But we've been doing it for gosh, ever since I've I've been here, and this is twenty I don't know twenty twenty one now, so thirteen and eight. What's thirteen and eight? Twenty one years <laughs> back in Coldwater, and of course eight of those were John. So we played Kenton every one of those years I've been here. So, so let me get this straight: ten trips. You retired as a teacher, so now you've just retired from doing math. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's yep. one way to do it. You got to get Eric to figure out how to build that transporter, so you guys can just go everywhere. Just zip, zip right there, real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean you got enough good boosters; they could probably get it done. That's right. Get big charter, big uh, charter bus, right? Big couple of uh, scrimmages kind of coming through. You guys had Walpock at home, and then last weekend with Salina. You've been doing this long enough. How much? Can you sort of learn about your team in that two week period before game one? Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's quite a bit to be honest. Again, we're, we're not feeling real good right now. We, we, uh, you know, both teams, uh, I would say we're pretty, pretty, pretty evenly matched, but we had made just so many mistakes. But we, we knew going in that we, we had lots of new starters and, and we went yet. And, uh, so we're still, we're still, uh, you know, last year at this time, we felt, you know, we had all those really good skill guys coming back, and it just just felt good that we could get things going. And even if we didn't get things going, we could make a big plays that that we could make up for that. But uh, so we got, you know, I guess a lot of coaches would say this at this point, um, but we got we got some some spots that are guys are still fighting for, and and. Um, but but you, you you know that's that's why you scrimmage you know Walpole's always always a real physical scrimmage because of their style, and then Salina has really improved and and took it to us. I mean it was fourteen to nothing with three minutes to go in the half, and we we went two minute mode and got a score, and then blocked a punt and, and scored again uh, right at the beginning of the second half. But really, you know it was a that was a it was a good good scrimmage, good good for Salina. They got seemed to have it have it going in, in a good direction. Read some stuff uh, kind of about your scrimmages and about last couple of weeks you've had. Is it right? Uh, I, I saw Luke Sudoff was back on the field. Yes, he played just, I bet he might, might have played six, eight plays, something like that, but I think he'll be ready to go. Not, we're not going to let him play both ways or anything. Which it'll be like a week, we call it one and a half ways, but this week, um, you know, he'll be a one-way guy and, and whether Dero, we're kind of kind of feeling that out. Um, Jack Broring didn't play last Friday either, 
So he's a safety and, and one of our slot guys who's really, really good player. So we're feeling good about getting those two back for this, uh, for this opening game. And you've got uh, just enough good returners of guys who are multiple, multiple-year players. I know Marcel has had uh, he, he's had that kind of on the precipice of uh, breakout performances. He had a couple of really good ones last year in the playoffs. But how important are these now, in a couple of cases, three-year starters for this year's success? Yeah, no, no question, because you got guys that have played in a lot of games. You know, Marcel's a three-year starter, so he's played, gosh, 12, 16, that's 20. What's that? I'm back to my math here. So he's played in 28 games. Um, Big Evan Holman is kind of a leader of the offensive line. He's a, he's a three-year, so he's got 20, 28 games under his belt. Um, so so those, those two guys especially, and Luke's played a lot. He played a lot as a sophomore and now. Last year he played played on both sides part part of the time, but so so having that experience, we have our kicker our kickers back, uh, Justin Kalp. So we got a good kicker, and then then like you say, there's there's three or four guys that have a lot of experience can kind of kind of hopefully elevate all those other guys. Well, and it helps too that uh, you've got a coaching staff that has quite a bit of experience themselves, but you mix in kind of some young guys, and, and it's it's neat to kind of watch, from at least for me from the outside, of how that kind of light bulb goes on where the, the older guys you've had that have been there for a little bit, they explain something to the young guys, and then all of a sudden it's just like, ah, Eureka. Yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, they, see, they see, you know, those guys, how they can remain calm during the games and, and then uh, convince them and help them that, that they can make those same plays. Um, that, you know, a couple of years ago they were freshmen or eighth graders and they're like, man, those guys are really good. And then all of a sudden they get thrown in there and say, well, you can be just like those guys if, you, if you'll buy in and, and listen to the old guys and, and uh, keep, keep doing, doing what you're supposed to do. And so, yeah, it is, it is kind of cool to see guys grow up. And that's, that's fun about high school because, gosh, when you get them, they're, you know, 14, 15-year-olds and, and when they – by the time they're seniors, that, that three- or four-year growth is really, you know, a big jump for, for a lot of those guys. It's a, a huge piece of, I guess, make them wait, because this year to get to Cavalier Stadium, you've got to go to Kenton, to Bell Fountain, to Fort Recovery. I mean, not only the fact that you get three away games, but those are brutal places to try to come out with wins. Yeah, yeah. They, these, are, these are, you know, we always talk about the first our first two non-league games because we're playing a division, uh, both division three, or I think Kenton's four and uh, Bell Fountain's three, and if and if you can beat those guys, and then they get they get some wins, that those are huge. Uh, those are huge computer points. So now obviously you got to beat them, and hopefully then they then they win, they win a bunch of games, and so uh, then we open up with Fort Recovery, and they, they've got a couple good good returning guys. I'm not sure I haven't seen them at all, so I don't really know. Too, too much about them other than some of the guys that they that they have returning from last year. But, yeah, I don't know. I can't ever remember us going three on the road. We only have four home games this year. And then next year we'll have six. So um, so hopefully we can get off to a good start. Is that an odd thing as a coach to have to quite literally shake someone's hand, hopefully you've beaten them, and say, I really hope you win every other game on your schedule? <laughs> yeah, that's a well, You know, when you when – you, um, everybody understands that. So, so yeah, so, um, 
No, not really. That's that's a, that's a, that's that's part of it. That uh, you know, you want your opponents to do well, once you, well, especially if you beat them, right? Right. Um, and even if you don't, you know, if they if they if they you know take it to you and beat you, well, fair and square, then well, good good for them, and and hopefully they continue. Well, it's an odd thing in that uh, a lot of teams over the years, before they expanded the playoffs, really now a couple of times, that have had to kind of wait and see. I know being a Spencerville alum, they had a year where they missed by .05 or some crazy number because uh, they gave up too many points or something. Uh, how much that would have to weigh on a coach of, you know, yes, we needed to win one more game, but just the craziness of we kind of got left out by circumstance. Right. There's no question about it. We have, uh, Jay, you know, you know him, Jason Hemmelwein. He was always our computer guru um, back in the day. And then he taught Dan Kenny, who's on our staff now, um, the formulation and all those projections. And, and we would get close to the end of the year. We would say, okay. Ooh, you know, we would go through at night and, and you know, watch the news and say, did so and so beat so? And there might be a game that you have no idea could play any role into this playoff thing. And you're like, well, we haven't heard about, uh, you know, did Carlisle beat Valley V tonight? You know, some, some game that somebody beat so and so, somebody playing, you know, they played us, somebody in our league in week two. And you're like, well, who beat who beat so and so? And like you said, you can, you can literally lose by by less than less than half a point and, and be out. Of course, now with 16 teams in, you know, if you can't get in the top 16, you probably don't deserve to get in anyway. So, Are are you a fan of the expansion? Um, I'm not sure about the 16. Um, you know, I like the eight because I think there's, there's, there's some really good teams from, you know, from four to eight that, that would have a good shot. And I, I'm sure there's, you know, there's some upsets, you know, from, Nine to sixteen, you know, beating, uh, beating teams uh, above them. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind. You know, you, I guess you got to keep, keep playing, but it is a long season if you can, if you can, uh, if you can stay alive and and keep going. But uh, you know, I, this sounds cold because I'm a small school guy, but you know, Division Five, Six, especially and Seven, especially. You know, with, with the expansion of the number of uh, divisions, you know, there's some there's some water watering down, and man, there's some teams that that are just getting killed that the first couple rounds. Well, given that other coaches have already gotten me in trouble on this show, uh, it started the joke with, if anyone from the OHSA is listening, uh, nothing outside of Cleveland, Cincinnati, or Columbus really matters, anyways. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I think that's how those get done. You think, yeah. Uh, that's how I yeah, feel. I um, no, but it, uh, is, it is so crazy. I mean, you know, it's an unfortunate thing because uh, every other sport, everybody makes it and all that. But right. it's football is so much of its own animal that I've unfortunately done those games where the top seed blows out a 16 and you just kind of go, who was that good for? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you got – I mean, you can you can look deeper into it when when you know when when you're that 16 team and and uh, you got a you're a you know let's just say you're a four and seven team and, and uh, you know you feel like it wasn't a great season and you got guys that are good basketball guys that are ready to start basketball and wrestling and and they go oh gosh we got to go play we got to go play Marion local this week 
And, uh, you know, the basketball coach, I think it's like, gosh, darn fellas, if you get hurt, I'm going to be pissed. You know, you know, kind of, kind of things like that. Talking to Chip Otten, the head football coach at Coldwater last year, ends in the state championship game at Cary. Uh, that one, I, I know there's a couple of plays kind of revisionist that you guys would like to have back, but how much uh, grief was it for you watching four guys try to tackle a 260-pound running back? Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. and I think they I think they had five starters over two sixty and and not playing both ways, and so good, good for them that they had all those guys that they could they could play one way and and just really what we thought. Um, unfortunately, um, their game plan was was to you know to to get those three yards and a cloud of dust, so to speak, the old school, and just keep getting first downs, which which they did a good job of. And, like you say, trying to tackle the big boy. Um, really, I, I think he had like 70, 80 yards. So we did okay against him. But those just those first downs and then keep the ball away from us. And, and uh, we had we had a couple shots that we that we overthrew or dropped. And, and uh, so we didn't play our best game. But I give it, give it to Kerry. They, you know, they had a they had a receiver that made a couple of really big catches for him. And uh, so I think you know, hats off to them. They played a they played their game and played a good game and and we didn't take take uh, all the opportunities we had so uh, that's what happens they, they get you when not, you play a good team not many times you have to tell kids to stop a kid named the Winnebago the Winnebago got it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean that's that's kind of crazy but uh, I think last year might have been the least amount of miles that you guys have traveled in an overall playoff scenario with having a couple of home games playing twice at Pickwell, playing at Sydney, and then making one long trip to Canton. Yeah. Yeah, that's good that's a good point. We've been we've been pretty fortunate as far as um, you know, once we once we get get going, you know, Finley seems like it's been a, a good spot for us in the past. Um, we played at Northmont before, Pickwell, Sydney, uh, we haven't had to travel terribly, terribly far, other than like you say, if you if you gotta go to Canton. I mean there was a few years back where we, uh, that's not, not too many times where we, where we, we went to, where did we go one time? We went to, to, um, shoot, what was her, what was her name? Well, not Wellston. Well, um, I can't remember. Shoot, I should know this. Um, I know you went to Xenia one year. That was, it was like it, it was in 2000. Yeah, Xenia was, Xenia was a little, little bit further, but not terrible. Um, 2000, I think it was 2003 or four. We went up to, um, Gosh, don't seem like it started with a W. <laughs> anyway, but, but I don't remember too many, too many terribly, uh, terribly far ones. That'll so make Eric we're, we're happy. We're kind of used to it. We get we get on there. You know, we we always, you know Canton's a, always a little over an hour. Went to Belfast last the last two years. We went to Cincinnati for for our second game. So we we don't mind get out of school a little early and jump on the bus and go. Well, and the town pretty much comes up empty. Yeah, yeah, our, our fans, they don't mind traveling. And, you know, both both games in Cincinnati, um, two years ago, I definitely think we had more people than now healthy. And then last year, um, Oak Hills had a decent following. And, but we had we had a bunch of people. And then, you know, people from Cincinnati and they say, hey, I'm going to email or whatever. So, uh, you know, people that were from Coldwater. Well, it's a big thing, too, because you guys are a statewide brand that everybody knows who Coldwater is. 
Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but that that's a that's a good feather, I guess, of Mercer County's cap. That you know that that uh, that, that several of us here people say, Henry, I know say Henry, oh, very local. Yep, I know where they're from, and, and those types of things. So, so that's kind of cool. And, and different sports have have different uh, people. Like, oh yeah, we know about the Minster girls cross country track. You know, and the volley, of course, the volleyball is always really really good. And so so you know, I guess. At that state level, people people do do know the Mercer County and the Mac. Well, All trust me, County, I guess is take my word for it. A lot of people know who Coldwater football is. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's that's good to know. That's good to hear. I uh, I appreciate this. I wish you guys good luck this season coming up on Friday against Kenton. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you uh, having me on and, and uh, taking care of us. Small guys on week. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Okay. Yep. Back, when you get game. back with more here in just a couple of minutes. The Spencerville Athletic Boosters are a 501c3 organization committed to supporting the student-athletes at Spencerville Local Schools. All donations made to the Boosters go to the athletes for new jerseys, huddle equipment, and much, much more. To learn more about the Boosters and to help our athletes succeed on the field with your generosity off the field, please visit facebook.com slash Spencerville Athletic Boosters. Or if you have questions, please contact Sean McFerrin at BearcatBoosters at Outlook.com. Let's go, Bearcats. Bearcats will be back in action on a Friday night as they try to get to one and one. You can hear it, as always, on Z Sports 3 as they'll walk you through the Bearcats on the road and take it on Paulding. Other games going on, Columbus Grove, who you hear from, or you heard, rather, from Andy Schaefer. They uh, traveled to uh, Finley to take on Liberty Benton, and he actually mentioned kind of what uh, that matchup means as well. But uh, Ben Argoboa, they try to get right with Bluffton. And uh, a lot of games going on. St. Mary's is in Defiance and the Ottawa Glendorf Titans in Wapak. Big games. Check out your local radio station. Please support local sports. That's what it's all about, whether it's watching games after they air or uh, uh, listening to them live or just ever whatever it is. Please make sure to do it. And before I go... A big, big part of the local sports scene is changing this weekend, and I want to make sure to acknowledge it. Friday night, Jason Geyser, who's a big friend of the program and a good good pal to not only myself and to uh, sports in the area, it'll be his last show. Uh, 25 years he's been in the world of uh, sports in the area and, and just does an amazing job as a sports director at Hometown Stations in Lima. And uh, sad to see that coming to an end, but I'm excited about what he's got coming next to him uh, or next for him and gets to see his uh, his kids some more and uh, just can't say thank you enough for what he does. If you uh, get a chance, reach him out on the uh, social medias. He's a big Twitter guy. And uh, make sure that you thank him for all that he has done. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Spencer Wells, Andy Schaefer, and Chip Otten for being a part of the show. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.